we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And uh, J-Mac and our brother Richard are on tap as well, helping us navigate the show today. We'll get around to your phone calls in the last segment. And uh, I, in the last, like, f- four minutes, uh, no, maybe 15 minutes, longer than that. But um, I've been kind of chuckling um, for the last four minutes about the title of the show. Okay. Um, because I had a title. Right. That was going to just kind of be dry. It was just kind of dry. We're going to talk about the SBC and CRT. And the only thing that had going for it was kind of a rhyming sound. <laughs> well, if people are rappers. Like CRT. that's the only yeah. thing you could really, you know, that's the only thing. But I wasn't, I was like, nah, I don't really, but it was the only what thing is I had. It, <laughs> <laughs> it is. And you have to put it in quotes, people. You Uh-oh. have to put it in quotes. But the title of today's show is Lace on Their Skinny Jeans. <clears throat> lace and that is on their skinny l- lace, lace, lace on their skinny jeans. Okay. It's taking you a second because when's the last time you've actually said lace? <laughs> like, I mean, we uh, think about like our ruffled church socks. We think about, you know, I don't know. <laughs> wow. But anyways, um, lace on their skinny jeans. Okay. That is a quote. I was reading this article because, so here's the thing. We're going to talk about the Southern Baptist convention mm-hmm. and the um, election outcome and what that might mean. But the, the great thing about this is that we, you and I get to have a conversation about this as we've had conversations about other things that we're not specifically involved in. Right. So the great thing is that we can talk about this from sort of like I, I don't want to, I think investigative perspective sounds too dateline-ish. I don't mean to say that. But what I do mean to say is that I have to read a lot, right? Because I'm not coming to this with any sort of like, this is my background. This is what I think. This is what I feel. You know, it's, <laughs> it's so I'm trying to learn what's going on. Um, but in reading a lot and trying to get an understanding, um, I read that there was a meeting that happened, I want to say just a day ahead of uh, the Southern Baptist Convention, um, I guess, officially kicking off. This mm. was on June the 14th, I think it was. It was the Monday. So, did it kick off the Tuesday? I think it did. I'm not okay, sure. And so this was this was the founders meeting, the founders ministries um, that gathered just ahead of the Southern Baptist Convention on June 14th. And... Um, which again, all of this, I'm just, I'm just learning. I didn't, I didn't know that there was such a thing. Right. So there are different, I guess, moves to um, preserve and defend the authority of scripture within the Southern Baptist convention. That is not, that is not new. That's been going on for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are different, I guess, kind of groups that have formed that have the same aim. Mm -hmm. So anyways, I was reading this article and um well, let me just share it with you. Here we go. Southern Baptists worried about liberal drift in their denomination, heard warnings about paganism and worldly ideologies such as critical race theory. So, of course, I continue reading because that's 
kind of what I'm concerned about as well. As you look at what's going on all across the country and um, and churches, uh, they heard sermons about the failures of God's people in the Bible, um, from the Israelites' worship of a golden calf to the Apostle Peter's denial of Jesus in the Gospels. They also got some fashion advice. All right. Quote. Here's a quote. <laughs> what? Here's the quote. The current battles our churches are facing in our culture requires its pulpits to be filled with men who don't wear lace on their skinny jeans. <laughs> Tom Buck. Ah. Pastor first. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. It uh-huh. all, and it all made sense right yes. there. Right. When I gave the quote, the credit, <laughs> uh, it all made sense. Um, Pastor of First Baptist Church mm-hmm. in Lindale, Texas told a crowd of about 1,000 people at the Founders Ministries gathering Monday, June 14th, ahead of the Southern Baptist Convention. He also warned there could be no peace in the denomination without doctrinal purity. No Mm. peace in the denomination without doctrinal purity. So I I wanted to have a conversation about that, and I thought that was just kind of funny, lace on their skinny jeans. And I think, I mean, like (laughs) Tom Buck was being funny, right? Right. Like that was was one of those (laughs) things. Um, But it does kind of call to mind a picture that would be one of warning, I think. Right. Like that, you know, I think because the opposite of that would be a call for the return to the authority of Scripture and men who will preach that. Mm. Right. I think that's the that would be the picture that you would get. Amen. But by the way, Will the Great, if you don't like that title, of course, we can change it. Like, I'm fine. I just I'm just curious to what it was. (laughs) Like, as were as yeah. as were the entire um, <laughs> listening audience. Yes, thank you. Yeah. I think was the book. anyway, <laughs> but yeah. So so I just thought that was funny. But I want to get into the nuts and bolts of because I've been putting together. Now this is kind of sad. So I'm putting together these articles to read them to try to get a big picture, and at the same time, I know that there are certain Christian news outlets that if I read them, I know that it will shed light on a different area of the discussion from a different vantage point. Mm. That's just a fact. Okay. Um, So for example, when I go to um, Christianity today and I look at the article that is there announcing that Pastor Ed Litton mm-hmm. is the new president of the Southern Baptist Convention, I can expect to learn what might be a little bit more of the liberal leanings of this particular pastor, mm-hmm. even without knowing anything really about him, which I don't. Um, I, had, I had never heard of him. I, you know, Neither um, had I'm I. Sure he's probably, we're not Southern Baptists, so we probably wouldn't know, you know certain ones. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was very interested in, you know, reading these articles just to see what it was that he was really going to be trying yeah. to stand for and, and, and do. So, yeah, I think the question is when you after you have an election like this, um, when you've had such a firestorm yeah. that has surrounded this denomination, um, which is, you know, it's nothing to be ignored. And we've already laid that out on right. Monday. We talked about why we can't ignore that. Um, I, I think. The scrutiny is a right scrutiny. It's like, so what does this mean? What does this particular leadership mean? And from what I'm reading, and, and which this seems to kind of be across the board, it seems that um, Pastor Lytton is slated to continue on with the priorities 
and I guess what would be considered the agenda mm. of the SBC mm-hmm. that was set forth by J.D. Greer. That may be an oversimplification, mm. but um, it seems that he would continue, um, among other things, this is according to one of the articles that I've read, we're going to refer to a bunch of them, um, that he would continue with um, Greer's efforts to appoint women and people of color to denominational committees. Um, he and J.D. Greer, which this is something else that was new that I didn't I didn't know that that was even a discussion. Mm-hmm. But again, because I'm not Southern Baptist, it's not something that, you know, is common to my conversation. Right. But both he and J.D. Greer um, use and approved the alternate name for Southern Baptist, which is called Great Commission Baptist. Had you heard about that no, before? I, I hadn't heard I, of that before. No. So this move is to 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 sort of signify that the denomination is committed to a mission that transcends its region. Okay. I, do you I, find something wrong with that? I don't find anything. I don't find anything wrong with that, per se. I just wonder if that's the only reason. Yeah, because that's the thing. You know. You see what I'm saying? What is there underneath? there like yeah what's what's yeah <laughs> you know that you don't really yeah. see out because front. it would yeah because the thing that i wonder about i wonder whenever the church mm. is seemingly mm-hmm. um being sort of like having having its elbow or having her elbow twisted up behind her back by mm-hmm. the world mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. now look if if people get together and they say well we're not just southern you know right. okay right the largest Protestant denomination in America. No, you're not just Southern. Right. Okay, that's true. But if it's a move to sort of um, run long distance away from <laughs> what the culture is saying it means to be Southern, and, and certainly, look, certainly the Southern Baptist history is mm-hmm. founded in the division over slavery. That's so a what fact. Is this, what is that's this a fact. Trying to run away from that. Right, and that's, that's my question. But here's, okay, and so my question is, are you well if that's if that's your choice yeah if yeah. that's your choice yeah. if that's if you're saying you know if this is i guess i just question the timeliness no, of just, a lot of decisions I, I understand are making. that you know because you know I mean? we have to question because of <laughs> where we are and look yeah. my thing about this whole um i guess this election or what what they did there was you know looking on social media especially like twitter and seeing mm-hmm. certain people you know, like very, very happy that I will see as dead giveaways. But uh oh, but uh oh, it's not you. too good. You know, yeah. like I'm like yeah. if this person is like yes. I'm like and Ooh. on on certain topics too. I think <laughs> yeah. like you, there are certain yeah. people who make names for themselves around certain issues. Right. So like Pastor McKissick would be a person. Yeah who has made a name for himself yeah. around this issue of critical race theory right? and whether or not um, black pastors within the Southern Baptist convention need to separate and, you know, how, how do they, like yeah. if, if there needs to be a reckoning within the Southern Baptist convention. Um, and so when you have a person like McKissick saying, yeah. This is good because his precious was like resolution nine. Like that was now. Let's that talk was his about precious. that. Yes, <laughs> I was like, that's so funny. He was like, man, as long as that, that don't way. get touched, I'm good. I'm like, well, wow. okay. according, okay, and <laughs> that's really interesting, right? It, it is. So, according to the general counsel for the Southern Baptist Convention, man by the name of James Jamie Jordan, Jamie Jordan, general counsel for SBC. 
uh, there was great pushback over whether or not the convention could um, revoke resolution nine. Mm -hmm. Like, like, so he actually, because they adopted resolution two this year, there, there were about 10 resolutions that all had something to do with critical race theory. So resolution two, was that to try to set straight what the meaning of resolution nine was to kind of give um, it up some balance or something? No, no, okay. no, it was not. It was. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's in part the problem that, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. Okay. Right. Um, so from what I understand, okay. From what I understand resolution two on the sufficiency of scripture for race and racial reconciliation was approved by members or delegates on Tuesday, resolution two. Now, when you look at the resolution, the resolution refers to the authority of scripture being sufficient for us dealing with race and dealing with uh, whatever kinds of issues might arise around that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which on its own, that's fine. Right. To, to, to strongly suggest that you don't need to go outside of the Bible Right. Mm -hmm. To any other source to yeah. be able to navigate as it's commonly thrown around race. Yeah. OK. Yeah. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But resolution two did not specifically name critical race theory, which was and is the source of a lot of angst from 2019 yeah. with the adoption of. um, Resolution nine. Yeah, that, that's that's pretty weak that it wasn't named. Not I mean, at all. You have people outside of the church naming it in politics, like saying we're getting rid of this, you know. And so the church can't arise and say we don't need this, you know, and and put the name on it, so everybody mm -hmm. knows what what we're talking about here. That's pretty weak. Yes, that's pretty weak. I to me. I think so. And so I would like for us to spend just a little bit of time there because when you start talking about okay, so what will this mean for people? How how will this look? I would like to encourage our listeners. I would like to encourage Christians. To not just look in um, like for sweeping representation, I would like to encourage listeners to have their discernment sharpened mm -hmm. so that when you're sitting in your church, you know what you're listening for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you understand? Because yes. you, you can't just say, well, blanket statement, this is the direction we're going in. Each person you, must be uh, trained to discern. You're right. And these yeah? terms change, too. So you got to be All very, you got to be good. You know, you got to yeah. be watching. <laughs> so I want to talk about that a little bit. Let's grab the break, though. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Maybe we can run away to a place where there are no chains, where real love never fades. I want to go to freedom. I want to go to freedom. Welcome back to Ernie Addison's on American Family Radio. Appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And that is uh, Five featuring Cam with Freedom. And, you know, so the thing is, like, man, 
I don't want to oversimplify when I say that the word of God is sufficient, right? This is what we believe, man. This is what we've, you know, staked yeah. our lives on that. The fact that, um, that the Lord has given to us everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness. And so I think the question is like, sometimes if you hear people talking about critical race theory and the rejection of it, um, for different reasons, you may fall into a category where you're like, well, why won't you acknowledge that racism is actually a thing? And I think what people wrongly assume is that if a person is pushing back against critical race theory, that they're not acknowledging that skin color based partiality is actually a thing. The Bible calls out partiality That's of right. all kinds That's right. that we have to reject it. Right. I mean, there's there's not a small dust up um, in Galatians where Paul opposed Peter to his face. Can you imagine trying to eat the chicken salad while that's going on? <laughs> right. Like, can you imagine being in the church's like fellowship hall where Peter is playing the hypocrite and Paul is like, hey, in front of everybody. Hmm. Right. Like this is so the Bible does not overlook our sin proclivities like the Bible does not. And so we can rely on the word of God to address these issues. We don't need to go to man-made philosophies that are rooted in wickedness and these philosophies, which have as their aim destruction. Right. We don't have to do that. So when you reject critical race theory, it is not a rejection of the conversation about sin. It is simply saying we don't need a new philosophy or a new theory or, as I have presented time and time again, a new gospel to help us navigate that. That's exactly what these people want. So the thing that is concerning to me, and I, and I, I really want to, I'm going to read a little bit here because I think people need to hear um, the way this is being discussed and I, and I want to be fair, as fair as I can be, as far as um, me covering it and not having people come in to talk about it on both sides. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to I try to be, be fair, meaning reading their quotes and positions from both sides. And when I say both sides, I mean the people who are like, um, let's just move on and build bridges, <laughs> which was said, let's right. move on and build bridges. Right. And then the other people who are like, wait a minute, we've got problems. <laughs> we've got problems. We can't just move on and, and call for building bridges. Mm. So let's talk about resolution two, okay. which was adopted in the Southern Baptist uh, convention, uh, I guess just a day ago or two days ago, a couple days ago. So this resolution, resolution two was one of 10 resolutions that were presented that revolve around the question of race and ethnicity and um, I guess to some extent critical race theory. Mm. So the resolution asked messengers to affirm the sufficiency of scripture on race and racial reconciliation, condemn racism and reject any theory or worldview that finds the ultimate identity of human beings in ethnicity or any other group dynamic. Okay. It's also asked them to reaffirm the Southern Baptist Convention's 1995 resolution on racial reconciliation. So on the surface, this appears to be, um, okay, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But I think the problem is that people are saying, but hold on a second. Resolution nine was received and adopted and it specifically named critical race theory mm -hmm. and intersectionality as tools that could be used to help us navigate issues on race, right? That these, yep. these could be used as tools, so if we're coming back and we're saying we're going to adopt a resolution that says the word of God is sufficient, I think fair minded people would say, well, we need to call out the philosophy or the theory that we are rejecting. And we need to say, no, we do not allow 
for critical race theory to be used as tools or frameworks through which we can understand so-called race and racism. Mm -hmm. And so because that's not what happened, there was a little bit of a dust up around that one pastor. And I want to read his comments here. And then I want to read the response to his comments. And I want us to pause for a second to think about it, because I think I think um, both comments are are worth getting some attention. Okay. So Pastor Kevin Apperson Mm -hmm. of North Las Vegas Baptist Church criticized resolution number two. And he criticized this resolution because he said it did not have the courage to address critical race theory by name. Mm -hmm. So in voicing his opposition, this is what he said. And I'm going to quote him here. This is what he said. I, like many people, have flown a great distance to address an ideology which tells me that I am inherently guilty because of the melanin content of my skin. I'm either, according to this theory, an ignorant oppressor or a conscious oppressor because of that melanin content. Two years ago, we approved critical race theory as a teaching tool, and now we need to address it by its name. And this resolution does not do so. He went on. Local school systems address it by critical race theory. Governors call it critical race theory. State school systems call it critical race theory. If we do not have the courage to call a skunk a skunk, let's not say anything. (laughs) Well, he has a point. So his his basic point was that resolution two was insufficient. It's vague. It's nebulous. It's unclear. It's ambiguous. I would I would say I would say, yes, probably a little bit soft. Right. A little bit a little bit, you know, tepid. Don't not really want to upset people. The problem I have with this is I feel like critical race theory and other things that we're battling in the culture Mm -hmm. are not tepid. They are very aggressive, very much in your face, very much. You will agree. You will say, or I will accuse you of this and your life is over. They're they're playing around with a killer. Like they're playing around with, you know, this ferocious animal that's going to bite their heads off and they're trying to pet them. Yes, yes, that's exactly right. So, so here, this response, and I want to, I want to read a little bit more from um, former SBC president James Merritt, uh, who serves as the chair of the 2021 SBC resolutions committee, because he responded to the pushback. All right, he responded to the pushback, the criticism about uh, resolution two. James Merritt responded to that, and I want to quote him here. I want to read his quote. And and then I want, I want to pause for a second because I want to address something that he says in the quote that um, I think when you hear him, you could go, man, yeah, that's an excellent point. And then so the, let's just move on. But I think I think his comments ignore something really dangerous about what's happening with critical race theory. Hmm. Um let me read the quote here and, and then we'll, we'll talk about it. So he, he says, quote, so fellow messengers, let's just put it on the table. It's time to find out who we are and where we are headed. I'm going to say this bluntly and plainly. If some people were as passionate about the gospel as critical race theory, we would win this world to Christ tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to continue. This is the quote. When I was a student at Stetson University, my first semester, I read the New Testament through 27 times. I read the Bible through every year for probably the last 40 years. I found a lot about race. I found a lot about race. There's only one race, the human race, and we are all created in the image of God. 
I found a lot about racial reconciliation. We have been given the ministry of reconciliation, not just reconciled to man, but people to people. His quotes continue. I didn't find CRT in the Bible. Well, correction, I did find it. It stands for Christ's returns triumphantly. <laughs> if this were not like that would be that <laughs> that would be cute, right? If 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 not for what Right. This is a this is serious. And I'm not saying that his comments are not serious, right? I want to be respectful. Right. But like that would you understand because it the moment like he, he does not understand It's a little trite. Yeah, CRT. Like it seemed like he don't ha- he don't have the full knowledge of what this you know, maybe he he does, but he's just kind of like, well, you know, I don't know. B- both are dangerous because the result is the same, right? Like right. The, the result is it, it would be the same. Okay, so I'll continue um, with his quote again, James Merritt. Uh, we got a choice, my brothers and sisters. We are not in the 2019 resolutions committee. Hmm. We are the 2021 resolutions committee. And we decided we are not going to limit anything to just one theory. And by the way, the same state schools that are kind of up in arms and some of these people that are against critical race theory are teaching evolution to your kids every single day. <laughs> hold, hold it. Hold it. What well, we have done. No lies detected. What, I mean, that's true. <laughs> I mean, what we have done in this resolution is say, you know what? Let's just settle this issue once and for all yesterday, today and forever. Um. He goes on, and that's where he talks about building bridges. Like, you know, we, we want to build bridges. Anybody can put up walls. I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing here because I want to address his comments. Okay. Um, he says, anybody can put up walls. We want to build bridges, right? And he says, you can destroy a bridge with one stick of dynamite, but it takes a lot of work to build a bridge. So he, he said, we want to build bridges. Okay. Um, so when I first read his comment about, you know, these schools that are up in arms and, and I would, I would believe that this is a response to the, these schools are calling it out. You know, governments are calling it out. Like, and why Loudoun, can't we call it out? Loudoun County is like, yeah, they're man. like, boop, 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 <laughs> you know? Um, and, and so, so what he says is, but these schools are also, so you guys are all up in arms, but these schools are also teaching your kids evolution every single day. Now, when I read that, I was like, man, that is so true. Right. That 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 is so spot on. And that has been going on for generations for a long time where the teaching of the authority of Scripture is constantly undermined by what our kids are being taught by people who don't fear God or people who fear God, but have not made the connection that what they're teaching is antithetical to the faith. I want to be fair. There's some you, you understand what I'm saying, yeah, right? Yeah. So, man, I thought, oh, that is that man. That's an excellent point. But then as I sat and I I continued thinking about it, I thought, but you know, the problem is, the problem is, here's the problem. Mm -hmm. When you hold up critical race theory Mm -hmm. and the teaching of evolution in public schools and you say, well, you got problems (laughs) here too. I don't see you guys going and addressing that. Here's the problem. Mm. The problem is that what is not being proliferated Mm -hmm. from the pulpit Mm -hmm. in churches in America, well, at least not the ones that he would be addressing, is the teaching of evolution. Mm. as a new framework through which we could view the authority of scripture. Mm. You see that? Mm-hmm. So that's a big difference there. Yeah. So it's not, so what, so what we say is, okay, so they're teaching your kids evolution in school. Yes. That's true. But I think what parents would say is, but we combat that with the truth. I would, I would argue about erasing mm-hmm. and, and just write. Okay. We can, there's a different show on that. We're talking about the tablets of your kid's heart. There's, there's an argument to be made there and, and I would make it. Mm-hmm. But 
I think for people who jump over that argument, I think there's there is either an aloofness that is communicated in that statement or a lack of knowing that there are people who are being brought into churches Mm -hmm. all across this country to teach critical race theory. (laughs) So the problem with that position is that while in many cases, evolution stays in the context of a godless culture that you could point your kids to and say, Mm -hmm. they don't have the truth, Mm -hmm. right? You could say, that's not the truth. But critical race theory has moved well beyond the boundaries of academia. It is now front and center in so many churches and being taught as some sort of new knowledge. Mm. It's being taught as an increasing revelation of truth. This is a problem. And it's not going to be addressed by just saying, well, your kids are being taught other things as well. No, it has to be named. It has to be called out. It has to be rejected. It cannot be put on the same plane as the authority of Scripture. When you are doing that, what you're doing, what you're doing really is you are engaging in a type of Gnosticism as one component, Mm. one of many components of critical race theory. So one of the things I wanted to address with our listening audience Mm -hmm. today is no matter what direction, and I, you know, I'm not so much like whatever denomination you're in, each person, the Lord is not going to ask you what denomination you were in. Right. What God wants us to know about him, he has made clear to us. He has revealed himself to us. This is the God who wants us to know him. Right. So he has left us the authority of his word. He has made himself known to us. And now the battle is over, whether or not the word of God is sufficient or we need to wait for something else. Because you understand that with the adoption of critical race theory and whatever context you're in. When when you say that you need this as a tool, okay? Then you open yourself up for the next five years down the line for there to be another tool that is, oh, all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Right. Because let, let's go. Let's go back to the founding of the church. Let's go back to the first century or maybe the second or the third. Let's go fourth, fifth. All right. Any anywhere along the way. Let's go back and say, how in the world did we make it without CRT then? <laughs> How do we know how to love each other? How do we know how to be levelers without CRT? And then people say, well, Mika, you need critical race theory and intersectionality because we need women to be walking in their gifts in the church. And so critical race theory and intersectionality shows us how to put women over various ministries and how to utilize those gifts. Really? I thought the Holy Spirit said separate for me, separate for me, set apart for me. Right. And, and And I think these people will try to, it would tell you, well, if you're talking about the first, second, third century or back then, there was no America. We need this for America because which tells you which tells you that what you are navigating is so obviously temporal. Because <laughs> right. if you are adopting something that only is useful to you because America and you're taking that as an addendum to the gospel mm. and that can't work anywhere else in the world, then that screams new gospel. Yeah. That screams heresy. Yeah. That screams, let them be accursed. Mm. You're going to tell me, so we, we adopt something that only works in America. 
We don't know how the rest of the world is pulling it off. How are they getting saved? They don't have CRT. How are they dealing with each other in their differences? They don't have critical race theory. They don't have intersectionality because they don't need it because the word of God is sufficient. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll take your calls when we get back. Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and as Lexi would abide. It's always funny to me that um, when when Christians start saying that we need to build bridges, or even when the world calls for Christians to build bridges, uh, the expectation is always that the Christians are going to provide all of the tools for that, that the <laughs> Christians are going to exert the greatest amount of effort. Mm-hmm. Um, the Christians are going to be the ones who are like kind of crossing the chasm. <laughs> right. The perilous chasm. It's yeah. it's going to be the Christians. And then the world who's saying, you know, yeah, build bridges, build bridges. They don't give anything. Mm. They don't provide anything. They don't come meet in the middle of the chasm. Like not that you would want to. I'm, I'm not suggesting that we want to. But what I'm saying is that they don't do that. Right. Like they don't they don't come to the middle having built, you know, their portion of the bridge. Right. They don't come to the middle and then say, OK, listen, we are willing to admit that we're wretched. No, they don't. No. Come on, right? No. Like, tell me the last time. They don't come to the middle saying, okay, we're willing to admit that we're depraved in our thinking and that we do want the hearts and the minds of your children. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. But what Christians do, and this is what has always frustrated me, hmm. man, what Christians do so often is, like, concede. Like, we're, we're like, okay, all right. Yeah, okay, we are judgmental. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. And, and maybe maybe we do think we have the only way to God. Okay, all Man. right. Maybe we think it is only through Jesus that's Christ. And I know we're trying to that's please exclusive. the world. We're sorry, but we want to come through the middle or to the middle. And, and here's what we're willing to do for you. Because, yeah, we are exclusive, mm. but we're, we're willing to put in some smoke and lights in our churches. <laughs> and we're willing to put lace on the skinny jeans of our pastors. Tomba. <laughs> with, we'll, with lace with lace <laughs> we'll build bridges for you that's what we're willing to do because man we're not like you we're, we're different and we're sorry and the world doesn't do that you know the world says that's right you are sorry keep building keep building that's build the bridge to do what it, it doesn't build a bridge to bring people to this side of truth because you've compromised it so what are you bringing people to like like where are they going the bridge the bridge to nowhere <laughs> that's what that's what it is it's the bridge to nowhere where where are they going once they cross the bridge that you build where are they going you build a bridge and you use critical race theory as an analytical tool so where are they going that they couldn't already be if they just stayed out there on the other side of the bridge you just built maybe they just stay out there like if 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 you're not inviting them to come to truth if you're not inviting them to come to eternal life because that's your position right like guys let's be honest about what we believe why are we trying to cover this up this is let's be honest about what we believe we believe that we are sinners we believe that sin is systemic it's in our dna hmm. we believe that the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life 
We believe that that life is found in Jesus Christ and in him alone. We believe that it is his grace, God's amazing grace that sent his son to die for us, that our belief in that act is totally sufficient for our salvation, that our debt is paid through Jesus Christ. There is no other way to be reconciled to God through Jesus. All of those claims are very exclusive. And so what what of that can we compromise? Like what of that can we put on the table and say, okay, I'm willing all right, I'll give I'll give you um, I'll give you systemic sin, okay? <laughs> and I'll, I'll say we're kind of good. I'll give you that. Now, what are you gonna give me? What do you What can you give me so that we can build bridges to what? Because for uh, for us on our end, if we give up anything, we have nothing. Mm. Come on. If we give up one component of what we claim. Do you understand? Because this is not something that you have made up. It is, in fact, what you have inherited. You remember what Paul told the Corinthians? He said that he passed down to you what was the first importance. And then he goes through what the gospel is like this and the proof and the confirmation of it. If Jesus Christ is really risen. Then Christianity is true. It is a fact. Mm. It is not a conviction. My feelings, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I'm, I'm sorry. I hate to tell you this. I mean, I want Christians to stop apologizing for the truth. Like at some point, it's like when I hear people say, man, look, and I really, I hate, I hate to tell you this. I just want to be like, well, then just stop talking about it. Like stop talking about it. Right. I deserve death. I deserve death. That's what, that's what Christians are saying. We're saying we deserve death, but there is one who took that punishment for us. And our belief and the sufficiency of what he did is what reconciles us to God. That's what we're saying. So what of that can we negotiate away? Like what, what portion of it can we give away and still have Christianity? The fact is nothing, nothing. So we don't have space for new tools. We don't have space for new teachings, fresh progressive ideas. We don't have space for any of that because this is not something that we've made up. Mm. Right. You can change things when it's yours. It's like, it's like when you <laughs> right. sit down and you color with your kids, right. Right. you know what I mean? And they've got their worksheet and you've got yours. And then they always want to come color on your thing. Like get, get off. <laughs> Color on your own thing. They always, they can see room for improvement on your page. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if you're four years old. Color on your own page. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, guys. Just, just uh, a little levity. 888 589 The fact of the matter is that we have received the gospel. Mm-hmm. We didn't make it up. We believe that the word of God is sufficient. We didn't make that up. So we don't get to change it in 21st century America because people have discovered that academia can work and change culture. Right. Like, and so now they want to, they want to use it. They want to adopt it and they expect Christians to go along with it. Mm. And the reason we're even swayed by this, even just a little bit is because we have made so little of Jesus Christ. We've made so little of Jesus Christ. Mm. We have failed to center the gospel in our own personal lives We've we failed to center the gospel and the way that we work, the way that we raise our children. We failed to do it. And because we have failed to do that, we are willing to take whatever new fangled gospel comes along. That gives us the right amount of comfort in whatever it is that we're facing. Yeah. Makes me feel better. So I'll, I'll add this to it. Sure. Oh, you know what? Your tension, your tension makes me uncomfortable. So let's just delete Whatever it is that you don't like that I'm saying, because I don't want to be uncomfortable. What? Mm-hmm. What is that? Man, for some of us, we have to take a step back and we have to ask the question, 
that if the gospel that we received were dependent on us, would we have even gotten it? Would we like would would Man. we have gotten the gospel if Yikes. it were dependent? Right? You see what I'm saying? Like yeah. like yeah. am I am I altering the gospel in such a way that if what I am changing would have been what I received, would I be saved? Would I be saved? And if the answer is no, then um, I have a deep, profound word of encouragement for you. Stop, stop doing that. <laughs> stop changing it. Let's go to the phone lines. Will the Great, where do we go first? All right, let's go to David in Texas. Hi, David. Hello. Uh, Hello. I would like to talk about the last kind of bondage and the hardest to break. And it's the teachings of men mixed with tradition, which mm. creates nothing but leaven and puffed up false knowledge. Mm. This is a thing that Jesus did. He said, if any man thirst, that's for pure love and the Holy Spirit, let him come to me. In so saying, he put away all religion in all time, and his life work exposed all religion in all time, and he opened a new and living way that we could come direct to the holiest of holies, directly. We don't need a man as a teacher. We don't call any man our real father. We go to God direct. And if we'll do this thing, all this fluff and teachings of men will be put away. Mm, David, thank you so much. God bless you. I appreciate you and your comments. I don't, I don't think anything needs to be added to what you just said. Amen. Thank you so much for that. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Sharon in, I think, Alabama. Is that right, Sharon? Hello, Sharon? Sharon, are you there? Hey, can you hear me? Yes. Yes, uh-huh. Go ahead. Okay, what I wanted to say is when the chairman of the Resolutions Committee made the statement, but they're teaching your children evolution, he was inserting a straw man into the mm -hmm. argument. He changed yes. the subject. Mm -hmm. Yes, and this is a technique that the left uses a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know if he's on the left, but that is their technique. They will totally change the subject, and then you're supposed to start defending that new subject instead That's right. of telling him, no, we're, we're talking about critical race theory. Let's stay on the subject. <laughs> Come on, Sharon. Sounds like we got ourselves a debater here. I don't know how you did in speech and debate, but that's exactly what's happening. And that's exactly the aim. The aim is to derail the conversation. The aim is to say, now you got to defend the fact that you got your kids here. And so now what are you going to do about that? You, you're not calling for a complete shutdown of this. And you're exactly right. And so now what you've done is you've moved away from the problem of the moment. You've moved away from the, uh, the actual conversation that we're having. You're exactly right, Sharon. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Elizabeth in Mississippi. Hi, Elizabeth. Hello. 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 I just want to say thank you so much. I appreciate the fact that y'all addressed this issue today. Um, I am from a Southern Baptist church, and my heart is absolutely breaking. Um, I think we have just gotten to the point where we don't want to offend man at all, but we have mm. no problem offending God. Mm. Um, and if we, I truly, if we just thought of every person that we come in contact with, um, if we thought of them having a soul that is going to spend eternity one day in heaven or hell, I, this world would be a different place. Mm. 
Mm. Man, Amen. that's so true, Elizabeth. Thank you so yes. much, that's man. True. And 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 what a point you've made there about um, you know, always being careful to offend man, to offend man, but not caring about offending God. <laughs> um, that is an excellent point, and and I, I thank you for making that point. I, I want to say this too. Uh, coming up pretty soon, I did a two part um, teaching on critical race theory and its roots in uh, Marxism. And, and I, I want to recommend it. I think that'll be available in July. So I guess in just a few days, it'll be available. I want to encourage all of our listeners to watch for that and to make sure that you watch it with people that you love and care about, because there are people who would have questions about why I'm, I am so strong on this, um, on this topic. It's because I've researched it. Mm-hmm. It's because I'm not talking about it from a place of like, oh, it just doesn't make me feel good. Like <laughs> right. it's it's because I have I right. have done a deep dive into researching it. Yeah. And so I understand the aims, the goals and objectives of it. I understand its founding. I understand how it's spread across academia. I understand how it's made its way into the church. And I understand where it will go if we don't check it. So I'm not I'm not talking about this from any place of like, well, I just I don't like what they call me. It's 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 wrong. Yeah. It's wicked. It's origin. All right. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. All right. Where do we go next, Will the Great? All right. Let's go to Jake in Georgia. Hi, Jake. Hey, can y'all hear me? Yes. Yes. Go right ahead. Excellent. Well, I was at the Southern Baptist Convention um, there in Nashville, Tennessee, mm-hmm. and I have to say it was a crazy event. And I agree with you guys' thesis that um, that is not good that we were not able to call that out by name mm-hmm. in uh, Resolution 2. Um, nonetheless, I think Resolution 2 was still, in and of itself, a good resolution. I'm just regretful that we couldn't call that out by name. Um, mm-hmm. What yeah. seems to be more problematic was the uh, presidential election mm-hmm. um, that seemed to go on between some of the candidates, yeah. you know, over mm-hmm. and over again, what we heard at the convention was the world is watching. The world is watching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's true. You know, it can be intimidating with top newspapers being there, mm-hmm. listening mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, the truth is that God is watching. Yeah. Amen. And I think that should influence us a lot more. Wow. Mm, man, that's great. Jake, thank, you, thank you so much for calling us. I appreciate you sharing um, that experience, you know, I think it, it's interesting when we talk about the world watching, right? And because, even them saying that is yeah. trying to put pressure on them in a certain way. Like, yeah, I think that's to oh. push them. Hey, you know, we don't want to be seen as racist. The world is watching. Mm. The world is watching. Like, I, I, I can imagine that that was the, 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 the point of that. You know, it yeah. keeps saying that. You know, yeah. and it's man. When what should have been the position is that the world is watching better uphold scripture. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Because <laughs> like the, the world is, is watching. Um, let's be let's be these living epistles. Come like on. let's be these letters that people are going to look at and they're going to say, OK, whoa, man, these people really fear their God. These, <laughs> these people really honor their God. They really take their Bible seriously. And look, and I want to say because to Jake's point, resolution two is not a bad resolution on its own Yeah. to say that the word of God is sufficient. It is only in the shadow mm-hmm. of two years ago, resolution nine, right. that resolution two looks weak. Right. You understand? Right. Because resolution nine said that critical race theory and intersectionality could be used as tools to help us understand race. 
Okay. Mm. So when you name a specific ideology mm -hmm. and you, you say that that can be used as an analytical tool, then you come back and say the word of God is sufficient. So we don't really need, you know, philosophies and theories and all those things, but you don't name them. That's a problem. That's a problem. It's a problem. All right. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.